0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 673.
1: It's really just to show up and, like I said, compete with yourself. Be a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday.
0: This is Cars Yeah! where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tim Kawasaki. Hey, Tim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Yes, and coming from a wheel and tire company, hopefully ready to burn some rubber as
0: well. Hey, there you go. I love it. I love it. Tim Kawasaki is the manager of sales, shipping, and new product development at Wheel Ventiques in the city of industry in California. The company is under the umbrella of the Coker Group of Companies. Since 1986, Wheel Vintiques has been manufacturing steel wheels for restored classic muscle cars and hot rods. They design and manufacture their wheels in-house right here in the United States, and their passion for details and authentic OE fitment ensure clients precise sizing and accurate bolt pattern fits. And by the way, Tim's father is Wade Kawasaki, a past guest here on Cars, yeah? and President and COO at Coker Tires, and he's also the 2017 SEMA Chair-elect. So, Tim, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before we get into the questions and share a little bit more about your business, Wheel of Antiques, and, of course, your lifelong passion for automobiles?
1: So, yeah, thank you, Mark. And as you mentioned in that introduction, we started Wheel of Antiques in 1986, which makes this year our 30th anniversary. So we're celebrating 30 years of being handcrafted in the United States, and more importantly for us, handcrafted in California.
0: Well, congratulations for that.
1: Thank you very much. Also, as you mentioned, we kind of our niche market, our specialty is building OE fitment wheels. So if you had a 1970 GTO Judge or a a 65 Corvette, we have the exact wheels that would have came on that car. Mm -hmm. Kind of the benefits of that is you're getting a modern wheel that looks the same as the original, so you're not relying on 60-year-old technology or, the more concerning part, 60-year-old steel.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: In addition to that, we do a lot of newer fitments. So let's say you have a, again, we'll use that first-mentioned car, 1970 GTO. Uh, that car would have came with some 14-inch tires, and you're really limited, uh, if you want a period-correct look, to the 14s. We provide that same wheel, which would be our Pontiac Rally 2, and a 15-inch wheel. That can be paired up with one of the Coker Tires' new bias ply look radial tires. Mm. So you're getting that same vintage look, but again, with modern technology, a safer, truer wheel and a safer tire as well.
0: Yeah, you know, this is very cool. I've been a customer of Coker Tires for a long time. I bought tires from them for my collector cars, always been impressed with what they do. And you mentioned being in California now. I, I worked in a business for 21 years. We left California because of the regulations and challenges. But you guys have chosen to stay in California. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely.
1: We really take pride in what we do. One of the unique things about us, even among the automotive industry, is we have a lot of real car guys here. Mm. And by being able to keep the company in Southern California, which, as you know from living down here, is, has a very unique car culture.
0: <laughs> yes, very much so.
1: We're probably one of the most diverse car cultures across the country. And by staying in Southern California, it's allowed us to employ a lot of those people, but also has allowed us to really hold our standards. We care about what the parts we build. We care about every wheel. We understand that these aren't just cars for people. Uh, nobody needs vintage replacement vintage wheels to go to work or to feed their family. This is stuff that people are passionate about. They're spending their discretionary income. They're saving up to, to get a brand new set of wheels to put on their car, and, and that's important to us, and we take that seriously. And Being in California, it allows us to uh, really control those quality standards and then, like I mentioned before, be in the heart of the cult- car culture.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations for making those decisions. It's great that you're making the wheels here in the United States. You're employing people here in the United States. Oh, so important for jobs. And staying in California down where all that culture is, yeah, I do miss that. I grew up down there being around all those cool cars. So whenever I go back to visit family, I always, uh, my neck gets sore from looking around because there's so many more cool cars on the streets, just because the weather situation compared to up here in the Pacific Northwest, where it's a very rainy, wet day today, so those GTO and old Corvettes are probably tucked away in a garage somewhere. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always want to start by asking my guests for a success quote or some kind of mantra. This is some kind of saying that has a great meaning for you, or maybe it's the company mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah, and wheels. So Tim, take the wheel.
1: I-, I might have this quote not down word for word, but I use it a lot with uh the guys here mm-hmm. so you can't build your reputation on what you're going to do and that was a henry ford quote
0: ah wonderful
1: w- which is a fun one so it's, yeah in the automotive industry and and i think that really speaks a lot about what i said about being made in california being made here it, is a lot of people will say a lot of things like hey we're going to do this or i'm i'm planning on doing this but it's the physical doing
0: is kind of where the real rubber hits the road <laughs> there you go where the rubber hits the road yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that quote. I, I use a lot of Henry Ford's quotes. I think one of my favorites is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. But I you're like right. I like that quote of his very much so. And you guys are definitely walking your talk there at Wheel Vintiques, covering that quote. So it's a great one. I love that, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Let's go back in time. You grew up with a dad, Wade Kawasaki. He's kind of a car guy, right? Oh, he's uh, <laughs> as big of a car guy as... Uh... As there is I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course, knowing your dad the way I know him. But would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life as you remember it when you, too, realize, you know what, I'm going to be a car guy just like my dad?
1: You no, know, I think just being around car people, uh, I, I, it wasn't really a conscious thing like, oh, you know what, I think I'm going to be a car guy when I was in my teens. As far back as I can remember, cars were – I knew that's what I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be a part of that car. Car culture mm-hmm. uh, if you ask my mom, actually, my first word was truck <laughs> so, i mean i 've been a <laughs> i 've been a car guy since i since I could talk, yeah, one of the unique things for me is like you mentioned uh, my father being in the industry and even my uh, grandfather before um, my dad owned a gas station so i 'm really a third generation car guy i 'm not even a second generation car guy, so that car culture has been so far ingrained into my DNA it was a uh, I guess I could say it made it easier for me to be a car guy and really realize at a young age, this is something I want to be a part of.
0: Yeah, you got motor oil running through your veins, just like your father and your grandfather. And I remember your father, when he was on the show, mentioned that garage and gas station, if you will, and working there for your grandfather. So I think that's pretty cool. It's nice to have a passion and a hobby and now a business that you share with your father. And uh, yeah, you're a very fortunate guy for sure. Well, Tim, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty here, and ask you to share a huge challenge, even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. But, of course, the most important part of this question is, what did it teach you so that you could carry forward and come out on a positive light? Um, I think there's,
1: obviously, in business, there's challenges every day. Something that, especially when I was younger, I struggled with um, was definitely personnel, not always meaning bad employees, but motivating employees and and getting the right people for the right jobs and really developing a culture that people can thrive in and that people want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a backstory before we get too far into it. Yeah. In 2012, we moved uh, a few of our companies, uh, one from Portland, Oregon, two from Fresno, and one from La Mirada, California to our new facility, which we're in now in the city of industry. So out of that facility, we do West Coast distribution for or Tire, as well as all of our wheel man steel wheel manufacturing gets done here. Obviously, while going through that process, there's a lot of growing pains.
0: Oh um, yeah. There's
1: high turn. <laughs> yeah. There's high turnover. There's there's getting people from Fresno to move down here. Uh, contractors and doing build out, and then a lot of that gets tedious. Working the automotive industry, there's a lot of fun stuff we get to experience, but sometimes that weight of just everything else around you kind of takes away some of, the, some of the fun and some of the passion. Yeah, so I think one of the, the big things for me was during that time was making sure we had the right people and, and working with the right people. And uh, we were able to develop a really very, very solid team. But uh, I, I think through that experience, I, it really showed me the importance of a company's culture and, and the people that are there. And not only uh, finding people that are very good at what they do, but passionate about what they do, that care about what they do, Uh, And I really think that translates over to the physical products that we sell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a couple of takeaways I hear you talking about here. I've been involved in what you've done. I moved a business from California up to Washington State and then moved part of that business to Indiana and then moved the Washington State business again to another new facility, which I designed. And, oh, my gosh, dealing with... Just the physical attributes of moving a company and all the people and the parts and bits and everything and then dealing with the people aspect is really crucial. Maybe there's a a takeaway you can share with our listeners because the emphasis here is on the people, finding the right people for the bus. There's a great book by Jim Collins, Good to Great, where he talks about just that, getting the right people on the bus and in the right seat. I know this is a huge conversation we could spend hours talking about but what's one little takeaway you might share that you found helps you find the right people to put in the right seat
1: the biggest thing i look for and i think as a company the Poker group looks for it's having the right personality and the right attitude you can teach people how to sell things you can teach people how to build wheels you can't teach people how to care you can't teach people uh, how to be part of a team yes So it's kind of like those intangibles
0: yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because we're recording this on a Monday. It's going to show up a week later, but I do a blog every week and the blog that I'm doing for Tuesday on Cars Yeah is exactly that. It's titled Attitude and how important attitude is. So, uh, I'll send you a copy of that early so you can, you can read it. I think you'll get a little, uh, smile on your face when you read it and understand how it all works, but, uh, great takeaway from that. Thanks for sharing that. Tim, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's one of those times when the headlights kind of point a new direction for you down a new path. Tell us what that situation was and tell us about the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success.
1: Really, one of the odd things about me is if you ask my childhood friends or childhood teachers or basically anybody I've come in contact with over my younger life and through school is, I was really fortunate to know what I wanted to do from a very young age. I knew cars were were always something I was passionate about, and it seemed almost like a no-brainer for that to be where I wanted to spend my time and build a career in. I probably don't have an aha moment where I, where I would say I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. I didn't go through high school or college searching for where I felt like I fit in. There's really nothing that I didn't want to learn from the manufacturing process to the shipping and warehousing process to the sales process to the product development process. All of that all of that really piqued my interest because it would it all had something to do with cars.
0: You are a very lucky guy because you're still a young man. To know what you want to do at such a young age, there's so many people that just can't figure that out. They don't quite know where to put their finger. Some people don't even know what their passion is. They haven't figured that one out yet. So you're very, very fortunate, and it sounds like to me that you're somebody that's open to a lot of different avenues, a lot of different areas within the uh, the business that you're involved in now, which means that there's only room to move up, right? Definitely.
1: I think maybe my aha moment then or my takeaway for, for myself and anyone listening would be, yeah, it's find what you're passionate about. Find something that you care about. A, a job can be something that you go to just so you get a paycheck, but I'd really... Uh, encourage people to look for something that they can turn into a career, something that they wake up every morning and and be passionate about doing. Look forward to going to work, not looking forward to to go home at the end of the
0: day. Oh yeah. Gosh, life is so much better than living for Friday. I remember Fridays would come and I'd talk to some people, they say, I'm so happy it's Friday and I'm thinking, I wish it was Monday. I still have so much to do. I don't want it to be Friday. Except that I always use the weekends to kinda catch up on things. So they were a little bit way for me to move ahead and uh uh, jump ahead of the competition, if you will. Well, how about your proudest career moment? Again, you're, you're a young guy, but I'm sure you've had many proud moments in your career. But is there one that stands out that you could share with us?
1: More recently, I was elected on the, the Seamless Young Executive Network Select Committee, which was a big deal for me. Um, the industry's obviously given me uh, a career. Uh, it's given me a lot of fun parts to put on my car <laughs> uh-huh. and a lot of just fun in general. So it was it was a big deal for me to be able to Uh, be part of influencing kind of that next generation of SEMA people and automotive aftermarket people and obviously being recognized by people within that network uh, that they felt I would be fit to serve at that position.
0: Well, congratulations for that. SEMA is such a great organization. My gosh, they are so much more than just the SEMA show that happens every year, of which this was my 26th year attending this past few months ago. So, uh, been going to that forever, but it is an absolutely spectacular organization, and it's really great that you're a part of that. And you touched on uh, great parts for your cars. That's a nice segue to my next question here. So let's have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special car? And perhaps you could share a memory you have of that vehicle.
1: I'm 28 years old, so I grew up in the Fast and the Furious era. (laughs) I remember being kind of the, the odd kid that didn't have their driver's license and was extremely passionate about cars. And uh, when that first Fast and Furious movie came out, I instantly went from being that odd, why does he care anything about cars, to people being like, oh, that's really cool you like cars. (laughs) So being from that generation, I was uh, really into kind of the whole Sport Compact uh, import car scene, again, even from before I could drive. So my first car uh, was a 2004 Honda Civic, uh, just a base model, base, base, base car Mm -hmm. that I did some uh, work to, did wheels. Tire suspension, and then got super overboard and tore it all apart, and then <laughs> up until about a year ago, stayed apart in the back of uh, back of the house. But my first really fun car came right after that. Is a two thousand and three Honda Civic Si.
0: Mm, cool.
1: That was a fun project. Cause it was the first thing I really took from nothing to something really fun. That was my first force induction car. That was the first real full on build that I did primarily by myself.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I had a feeling. When you touched on those cars, they were going to be cars that weren't left stock at all. So uh, that goes back to that that Kawasaki bloodline that you have in you, that uh, you've always got to be working and modifying a car. So that's pretty cool. Well, how about a seller's remorse story? Again, I keep saying you're a young man. You are a young man. But is there a car that you let go that you wish you had back? Or have you not gotten there yet?
1: No, immediately after that, I built a 2004 Dodge Ram Hemi. And then that was obviously very different than the, the Honda, but I, I'm a genuine car guy. There's not one particular part of the market that interests me more than the other. So I got really into trucks after that and I regret selling that truck every single day.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: it, it's weird because from a kind of a business standpoint, um, I bought the car, drove it for two years, doubled the mileage and sold it for almost exactly what I had into it. Wow. Uh, nice. Like parts and the car uh, starting price. So, I mean, it was a no-brainer to sell it, but every day I wish I didn't sell it. (laughs) That was a fun truck for me.
0: Well, we all have those stories, so don't worry at all. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about Wheel Vintiques. What has you really excited and fired up for the new year with the company?
1: Well, uh, this year at the SEMA show, we brought six new products.
0: Yeah, um, I saw those. (laughs) Yes. Very cool.
1: Yeah, we did. Stuff from like the six lug OE wheel, which would have been something that would have came on an old Suburban. Uh, We came out with a brand new Jumbo wheel, which is actually a style of like a wheel that would have, it actually came out in the 30s coming out of the wire wheel era and the wood wheel era. It looks aesthetically very much the same as those, but it would have been an upgraded steel wheel option if you wanted to kind of hot rod your car back then. Mm -hmm. Looking forward, there's a whole bunch of stuff we're currently working on, both applications Uh, vintage-styled wheels for newer cars, and kind of broadening our spectrum and offering different packages and sizes for the old cars as well.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm sure the listeners out there who are into the cars that you provide wheels for are going to be very excited to see what you come up with uh, in the new year, and I will ensure to all the listeners out there, you can find Tim and Wheel a link to their website, On the Cars Yeah Show Notes page that Tim will be located on. So we'll put a link there for you. And here's a very introspective question for you, Tim. If you were a car, what kind of car would Tim be and why?
1: That is a very good question. And I think that that's an interesting question because uh, as someone that's a car person, I think the cars we buy are a little bit reflections of who we are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think for me right now, I would say that brand new, the 2017 Mercedes C43 AMG, Ooh. Uh, reasons being it's uh, relatively economical, more economical than the big V863. It still seats four, so it's practical. It's still very business, but that twin-turbo V6 still ensures that you can still have some fun.
0: I think you're the first one to be that car here on Cars, yeah, so I think you made a good choice for yourself. And uh the the fun thing about that question is is as the years go by, the answer always changes as we as people evolve. So uh when we talk a few years from now, hopefully someday I'll ask you the same question again and see how you've evolved in your, your uh manifestation as an automobile. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so Tim up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's car show yeah sponsor. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. In addition to Premier plush and Berber custom floor mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe, I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finra Sipic. Okay, Tim, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. Or, in your case, some quick burnouts, maybe. So are you ready? Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: That's a hard one. Actually, it probably would have been something my dad told me when I was younger. He said, don't buy a car you can't afford to maintain.
0: (laughs) It sounds like something a dad would say. I think I've said that to both (laughs) of my kids as well. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's don't compete with other people. Mm. You should be uh, working to compete with yourself. Uh, everybody's different. Comparing yourself to someone else isn't allowing yourself to be the best version of you. It's allowing yourself to be better than that person. I'm a big, uh, in addition to cars, I'm a big sports guy. And it like, I'm pretty sure Julio Jones or the Kobe Bryant or any of those guys, they never woke up in the morning and said, Hey, I want to be better than so. And so they woke up and said, I want to be the best version of myself. Yes. If you're comparing yourself to other people, if you are the best, you're tapping yourself. You're not allowing yourself growth or, allowing yourself to be better than you are today.
0: Mm, very well said. Very mature. Thank you. Do you have a resource that you think our Car Shell listeners would really enjoy, other than Wheel Ventique, of, of course?
1: Other than Wheel Vintique, yes, definitely. If you're in the automotive industry, you need to be a SEMA member. Mm. If you're under 40, you need to be part of SEMA's Young Executives Network. Outside of just the networking opportunities we have, the uh, regional networking events and events at the SEMA show, it's a great opportunity to get plugged into plugged into the industry and kind of be among your peers, people that are also around your age, as in any industry. There's always a lot of people that are older than you, but it's very it's a lot harder to find people that are your age, and this puts all of us in one little area and in communication with each other.
0: Absolutely. Great organization. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently that you think the Carshall listeners should crack open and read? That's a really good question.
1: <laughs> good. I would probably say I read recently, relatively recently on a, a, a plane flight, I read Urban Meyer's book, Football Coach, oh, okay. Uh, Above the Line, which is uh, a leadership book. And I would really uh, recommend reading that as well.
0: Awesome. Great. That's the first time that book's been recommended here. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find uh, links to all these great resources Tim's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at com slash Kim Kawasaki. And there's another great place called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and the past 672 guest books are listed. There must be over a 1,000 books listed there. Quick, easy clicks to buy. These are all books recommended by great people like Tim in the automotive industry that uh, you'll definitely want to get a hold of. It's an awesome resource. All right, Tim, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, But you can't sell this and buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick's off the table. But money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why?
1: I would say, this. this is another odd one, and by answering this, you're going to clearly see I'm a huge Mercedes-Benz fan. It would be an S65 AMG. And the reasoning behind that is, one, there's all of the S-classes since the 90s have been... My favorite cars at the time. And, and to me, like monetarily, like in, as a business sense, that's always been something that like I strive when I'm at where I want to be at, at a particular time and successful to where I want to be, that would be the first real purchase I would buy. Cause that just says success to me. it's, a, it's <laughs> the best of everything in a car.
0: It's an interesting answer because uh, you're into kind of the sport tuner market, which have been mm, primarily smaller cars. That's a, Pretty big car. Pretty big, heavy car. But I see what yeah. you're saying. Uh, definitely, when you pull up in that vehicle, people go, whoa, uh, they, he's arrived. And uh, they're just awesome, wicked, fast cars, too. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Just, okay. Well, I, I can see why why you'd like that vehicle. Who wouldn't like to be driving that vehicle? Oh, my gosh. Even if you're stuck in Los Angeles traffic, you're sitting in the lap of luxury. So. Very nice choice, my friend. I will get to work. What color would you like that S65 to be? Oh, black on black. Black. Okay, (laughs) I kind of thought you'd say that. Uh, You're one of those guys. I don't know if I could own a black car. I'm so picky about clean cars and where I live, it rains all the time. I'd go insane trying to keep it clean. But down there in California where it's a little more sunshine more often, I see why you'd like that. So, all right, I'll get to work, start shopping for you, get you a black one, get that delivered to you as soon as I can. Tim, you've taken me on an awesome ride today and I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and with the Carja listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off into the sunset in that S 65 AMG Mercedes?
1: Um definitely kinda of in regards to uh, some things we mentioned earlier and being part of kind of Team's Young Executives Network and being someone younger uh, in a you know manager role in a company, I'd really say for anybody younger, um, there's lots of people that listen to the show that are older than me and far smarter than me, but anybody uh, younger, someone that's uh, struggling with finding a career or anything, it's really just to show up and like I said, compete with yourself, uh, be a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday.
0: Yeah. You know, that comment, just show up. Oh my gosh. Sometimes it's that simple. Just show up. (laughs) Just be there. Show, Show up a little early. Stay a little late. I know those are things that my father taught me. Get to work before the boss and don't leave until he's left. And uh, you'll get noticed. So, yeah, just show up and do the work and uh, be the best you can be. Very nice words of wisdom from a young guy who's uh, making his way in the automotive industry. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company?
1: Uh, the best way to get a, to learn more a little bit about Wheel Vintiques, would be our website, www.wheelvintiqs.com.
0: And Vintiques is V-I-N-T-I-Q-U-E-S. Where did that name come from? You know what? I think it's a combination of vintage and NT. There you go. Yeah, it's a very unique name, but it's easy to remember. So uh, I think that's cool. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to all these great things Tim has shared on his show notes page at CarsYad.com. Just type Tim Kawasaki in the search bar. That page will pop up with links. If you have an older car and you're looking for some real high-quality wheels made here in the USA, check them out because they've got some really cool stuff. And, of course, once you get those wheels, you can hop over to Coker Tires, get some tires to match. It'll look period correct. It just sets the car off so right. Tim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Car Show listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Hey, Cars yeah! listeners, this is Mark Green. Hey, you could help me out a great deal. Go to iTunes and leave Cars yeah! a five-star review. If you would like this show or any of the other past 673 shows here on Cars yeah! I would be very grateful. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up